everyone. It's me, Kristen. And before we start the show, I wanted to let you know that we have a very special Friday the 13th treat coming at you today. Will and I recorded an episode where we talk about the Zodiac Killer. Now, I know that seems kind of random, but we used to do some kind of like code and cipher solving games on our YouTube channel, and we missed that. So this was originally conceived as us. Uh, trying our hand at some Zodiac killer ciphers, but instead we ended up just, we, we really just went to Zodiac Town. So the first half of that is going to be available in your regular old Guides the Unknown feed at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time today. And the second half of it, as you'll hear in that episode, is going to be housed on patreon.com slash gttupod. So look forward to that. It's going to be a midday treat on this scary Friday the 13th. We're really looking forward to hearing what you think about it. And uh, yeah, enjoy the main show. Um, this is strange. I mean, they're all strange. Um, okay. Hello, welcome to Guides the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her little brother, William. And this week we're bringing you some new weird tales from New Jersey. Or ancient old weird tales. That's true. That's true. New to the show, but yes. archaic. Arcane and ancient. Yes. The three A's. That's what AAA stands for. <laughs> Aren't ancient, arcane, and... That's right. And what? Archaic. Archaic. Mm-hmm. Arcane and archaic? Are they it's d- derived from the same... Well, whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Right. Um, way back in episode 50 of this show, we covered the New Jersey Devil. Mm-hmm. We've also done an episode called Ghosts of Somerset County. Yes. We've talked a lot about New Jersey folklore. Mm-hmm. Um, uh And uh, we're going to do it again, but this time, what Kristen and I did, and I almost view this as something of like a challenge. Yeah, it kind of was challenging. It was very challenging. We got curious. Mm -hmm. We started to look up what are other cryptids from New Jersey specifically. Right. Our own backyard all around us here. Mm -hmm. Um, Because yes, of course, the second that you think about cryptids, honestly, probably straight up if somebody says cryptid to you, yeah, Sasquatch. Nessie, but Jersey Devil is probably at the top. I think so. Maybe around the country, people might say Jersey Devil. I think it probably is. I think it probably is one of the big boys with like Mothman yeah. and Bigfoot and stuff. Yeah. Jersey Devil's pretty known. So we're going to talk about some of the lesser known, mm-hmm. or in my case, possibly completely fabricated and made up for the purposes of publicity. I also have one that I think is completely made up. Not for publicity, but just I, I don't think that it's got any basis in, in fact. Yeah, I'm not trying to throw shade or uh-huh. anything, and I'm not really making an accusation even, but like... I straight up think one is just to sell a book. <laughs> Can we start with that one? Um, yeah, sure, because there's almost literally nothing to say. Okay. And the book is really good, so I will also plug it. Like, I'll recommend that people pick it up. It's mm-hmm. like a fun, light, paranormal read, and it and it gave uh, a, a lot of inspiration for stuff to cover in this episode. Cool. So we Googled New Jersey cryptids. Right. And by doing that, I found out about a book called... Uh, Monsters of New Jersey. And even just to shout that out further, it's Monsters of New Jersey written by Bruce G. Hallenbeck and Lauren Coleman, both of whom seem like they are severely invested in folklore and cryptids. And I think that they've written other books of other states. Oh, cool. This is almost one of those series like doing weird New Jersey or weird Pennsylvania Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, 
So this is one of the cryptids that they mentioned as coming from New Jersey, an obscure cryptid that they called the Lizard Man of Great Meadows. Okay. So I instantly wrote it down. Right. I'm thinking we're going to learn all about this Lizard Man. Maybe it'll be like when you and I, we talked about the uh, Loveland Frogmen Mm -hmm. or whatever, who had wands. Yes. Waved wands. I'm like, maybe we're going to get some fun, like half man, half lizard, fighting Spider-Man type stuff. Right. Um, It seems to me, (laughs) as much as I'm saying people should check out Monsters of New Jersey, they love to embellish. Okay. They love to embellish. All right. I would call it like very sort of like pulpy, um, top level mm-hmm. kinds of storytelling. So this chapter was even just called like Lizard Men of New Jersey. Something I'm like, oh, it's not even just the one lizard man. Right. This is a plural. Yeah. We're going to meet a cadre, a boy band of lizard men. Great. <laughs> what are different kinds of lizards that might be in that band? A chameleon? I don't think I know enough about lizards to be able to rattle that off. The front a man's bearded- a Komodo dragon. A bearded dragon? Is that the Ooh, same? A bearded dragon I don't think is the same. No, okay. so that's two. Chameleon is three. Okay. And that guy can change colors and stuff. So, you know, they use him in the music video and stuff. Hell yeah. The kind of lizard where if you pick them up by the tail, the tail separates. Yes. A lizard who's holding his own tail. Yeah. That keeps falling Maybe off. Maybe playing it like a guitar. Oh, shredding on that thing. Yeah. Yes. And we need a fifth. Okay. Say a fifth kind of lizard, Kristen. Gecko. Gecko. Gecko, who cares? We have to move on. Yes. Anyway, (laughs) it wasn't as fun as I thought it would be. (laughs) When we were in um, San Francisco at one point, Allie was looking under the bed for something that we dropped, and she goes, ah! It's like, what? She goes, there's a lizard in here! And there was. Oh, yeah. Oh, what did you do? It was California. What did I do? Yeah. Watched Allie get rid of it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Did she bring it outside? She knew what she was doing. Yeah, she Yeah. Put it on a piece of paper? Um, she had formed like, I, you know what? I think it was the cardboard that comes in a man's shirt. Okay. Yep. I think that that folded That's neatly nice around thin. it and yeah. she was able to sort of corral it out safely, Sweet. nicely, tail intact. Love the lizard. Just didn't want him in the room. Sure. So anyway, the lizard man of great meadows, um, <laughs> in the chapter, they go like, there are plenty of lizard men, famous lizard men all over the world. And I'm already like, ah, we're not. We're not getting anything, are we? <laughs> this seems like a lot of padding. And they go, of and course. And also, are there? I, I, I don't know. They they go like, there's this incredibly famous encounter from South Carolina. Let's talk about that for three, four, maybe even five paragraphs. Huh. Then there's about three sentences where they go, and of course, a lizard man was spotted in New Jersey. Now, let's Moving also on. talk about big lizards. And I was like, that's it? That was it, Kristen. That was the entire mention of lizard men in new jersey here's all they have to say i wrote it down this is the the quote this is all there is in the chapter about lizard men from new jersey that is actually about a lizard man from new jersey during the summer of 1973 residents of the newton lafayette area in new jersey described a giant man-like alligator they had seen locally Newspaper reporters wrote about an old indian tale from the region of a giant man-sized fish that could never be caught Arguably, arguably that's one sentence because the second sentence I can't I copied. Maybe I, I guess I shouldn't even have copied because it was about a fish. I'm about to say that's fish sentence. That was a fish. So I've got one lizard man sentence. Yeah, <laughs> from the <laughs> from the Newton Lafayette area, uh, people described a giant man like alligator they had seen locally, and then they move on to talk about fish, and then they move on to just talk about big lizards. <laughs> So it was nothing, but they called it the Lizard Man of Great Meadows, which instantly pings... Did they even mention Great Meadows? 
maybe for all I, I guess Newton Lafayette is part of okay. the Great Meadows. I don't know if that's a town or anything. I don't either. I can't profess to know everything about New Jersey. That's no. why it's so valuable for us to do this of course. service where we tell people. It's educational. It is. <laughs> yeah, are you being educated right now? Yeah. Everybody play this in school. Are you not educated? <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> so I kept Googling the name Lizard Man of Great Meadows and it only brought me back to the book. Yeah, that that happens on this show sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I've so, experienced that myself. They came up with like a thing and they gave it a good kind of cryptidy sounding name. You know? Yeah. The Lizard Man of Great Meadows makes it feel bigger. Feel like even a thing. if it's really, you know, a clause of a sentence. Right. It's getting smaller and smaller. It's and not mostly even fish centric. <laughs> it's mostly fish centric. <laughs> but at one point they did say man like. Um, Man-like alligator. There, yeah. I'm gonna forget even a clause. There are two words of this chapter that <laughs> sort of hit onto it. Did they talk about? So, you know, they're talking about lizards of the country, also more than a lizard of New Jersey. Did they talk about the Denver airport oh. and that whole lizard plot? Maybe. Let's find out. I can literally open it right this I'm second. Curious. It seems like one of the more famous, you know, lizard humanoid things. Of course. Of the Americas. I'm searching for the word Denver. Nope. Does hmm, not. Okay. Does not come up. All right, I searched so for manlike. Admirable restraint. Yes. The chapter itself is called Lizard Men and Various Vicious Reptiles. Okay. I would say All emphasis right. on fish, various. Is are fish a reptile? Lizard men and various vicious reptil oh re- reptilians. Okay. Um yeah, lizards are reptiles. No, no, fish. Are fish reptiles? I don't think so. I think fish are fish. Yeah, I think so too. I think so. But look, the chapter. They're certainly not mammalian. This is the I whole like chapter. Word. One, two, three, yeah. four. That's a quick Three and a half pages. It's like if I wrote a book. Yeah, exactly. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yes, that's correct. I totally get it. And that's why I'm saying it's a fun, light pick up and read. I think I'll have mm-hmm. a link to, to check it out in the, the show notes. There's plenty more to check out than just this episode we'll provide from this book. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Um,. All right, so let's talk about my thing that I think is just like, just based in, you know, everything is probably this way, but just based in people talking and telling stories and mountains being made out of molehills. Um, This is the story of the Hoboken Monkey Man. Oh, right. Yeah. I love this. (laughs) Somebody asked you. Yeah. I couldn't understand what you were even talking about. So <laughs> I think I told the story all all weird and backwards anyway. So okay. we should mention that kind of the reason that this is our topic this week is that we were at the New Jersey, excuse me, the Jersey Devil Fable Festival that was put on by Asbury Park, New Jersey's Paranormal Books and Curiosities just this past weekend. And we were originally supposed to do a live show there, which was this show. Yeah. It's what we prepared for. But because it rained and they ended up moving everything inside, we weren't able to do a live show, but we were still able to meet a bunch of people and have a good time sitting at the table. And so what Will is talking about is that one of the people that we met at the convention or the festival um was asking about different cryptids that we might know like oh have you heard of this have you heard of that and weirdly like most of what he was asking was was stuff that i had covered or was going to cover that day it was incredible so yeah so i was like yes i do know about the hoboken monkey man and then i started rattling off just whatever i remembered in my brain so it was probably probably came out all (laughs) cattywampus okay and uh, (laughs) I guess, because I, I did not know what was going on. All I knew was that he kept going, like, what about this? 
And you'd be right. like, yes, that's in my notes. I was going to talk about that today. And you'd be like, okay, well, what about that? And you're like, yeah, I'm looking at that right now. <laughs> yeah. I've... And then he goes, okay, what do you think the, the monkey man is? And you had an answer. Yeah. I like cracked my knuckles and got ready. Yeah. Um. So here's what people like the description of the, the monkey man is. Um, they say that, you know, it, it's like a giant ape sort of figure that was attacking kids in particular, like basically a very school centric sort of villain. So it was an ape monster that was attacking school kids, um, whether they were in school at the time on their way home. Um, and even had been said to throw a teacher out of a window. So this is a very school centric, scary monster. And something that I liked about this story was that even though the term urban legends obviously has the word urban in it, meaning city or whatever, I feel like most urban legends that you come across are actually more suburban where it's taking place in, um, you know, a place that has cul-de-sacs. I have an answer for this. Oh, please do. I I know all about the origin of urban legends. Yeah. Um, There was a folklorist named Jan Harold Brunvand. I don't know. I don't know if it's Jan. It's J-A-N, so I'm assuming Jan. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, he was one of the people that popularized the term urban legend. He had, um, you know, a mentor who coined the term. But all it ever meant was to distinguish between... um, uh, old folklore of being like there's sense. a witch in a cave like you when you think about the term folklore it feels a little bit dusty and it feels yeah. like for some people and I'm I'm sort of one of them it almost makes you a little bit sleepy mm-hmm. where you're like oh boy you're yeah, gonna, like, it could tell me, be cool or it could be boring it could be very boring it yeah. could be like you know the entire lore behind Lord of the Rings type stuff where I'm just like right. oh, I don't know and how. like explaining farming procedures uh, yes exactly yeah how in the weeds are we gonna get but it was around the 50s and 60s that, and I wish I could think of his, his uh, mentor's name because he was really the one that invented the term. But um, they were noticing these stories. They were, they were um, professors. Mm-hmm. And they were noticing like their students telling stories of like the hook on a car door. Right. You know, and they were like, well, this is folklore. It is. Because it's not true. Right. right. And, and people aren't even necessarily telling the stories under the belief that they're true. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not folklore because folklore feels old. Yeah. So urban legend only ever meant modern. It right. just meant of like the new industrialized world. So Makes urban legend sense. is a misnomer, 100%. Ah, okay. They even folklorists like more, like they almost rebelled against the term urban legend. Mm-hmm. But society, like people just latched onto it. And so it's still great, what we use, an urban honestly. legend. Yeah, exactly. But it has nothing to do with cities. It has nothing to do with urban environments. It mm. is just about modern day folklore. Well, I guess in a way, I mean, it must have something to do with cities if they're using the word urban, but not necessarily like geographically it happens in a city. Right. But I guess the advent of kind of city living and stuff is a more modern convention. Yes. So rather than calling them modern legends, even having they call a car, them urban legends. Even having like a, a car that you can drive to make out point or whatever right. the hell is more urban than than living in a swamp. Totally. You know? Yeah. Which is what we think of folklore as being. It's about like pastures and fields and Mm -hmm. trees. And now urban legends have a lot to do with, yeah, the phone. Right. Right? The babysitter calling from inside, or the call from inside the house to the babysitter. Yeah, modern conventions and conveniences. They should really be called modern legends. Yeah. That's what they should probably be called. But it... We're all so common, like so so used to the term urban legend as meaning something spooky, right? 
that uh, we just latched on. And that's just what it is. What it sounds be. so good. I don't know if it's just because I like them, so I have a positive association, but it just sounds good, Urban An Legends, urban anyway. Legend, yeah. Modern Legends doesn't sound as good to it me. It doesn't sound as good. So I'm, It's a marketing thing, almost. Yeah. Fine It's by what me. people decided they liked, so that's what it's going to be. Yeah. Well, thank you, people who decided that. Exactly. It's um, good. But even so, even within that, I feel like a lot of Urban Legends aren't actually necessarily urban. There is still a little bit of remote, re- remoteness to it. Like you said, driving to Lookout Point. Yeah. Um, stuff like that. There aren't a lot of like super city-based ones. And the Hoboken Monkey Man, Hoboken is a is a city, so it is inherently like you know um, a little bit more populated. That very like city industrial feel. Yeah. And I found that kind of unique about it because it, you don't hear that as much in urban legends. Um, so I found this article that had interviews with people who were around when this Hoboken Monkey Man thing seemed to kick up, which was like 1982. Um, It said that this rumor started going around. And so there's a newspaper called Hudson Reporter. And they talked to somebody named Nora Martinez, who said, the Monkey Man is scary, but we don't know why. It's just one of those things you remember, but haven't talked about since you were like seven. And that's in modern day. She's like thinking about back in the day. And then somebody else that they spoke to named Maria de Benedetto said, um, and I just kept this totally as a quote because I thought it was cool. They used to say the guy came around the projects downtown. Some people said he was a killer who wore a monkey mask and abducted kids. You'd be walking, and if you saw a guy, you'd say, ooh, it's the monkey man. I remember one time we were walking, and we saw a guy who had a hood on with fur, and we started screaming and ran away. A boy I went to school with said the monkey man grabbed him and that he had real monkey hands. A couple years later, he said he made it up. He was late for dinner or something. Ah, see? (laughs) It's I, an excusey thing. It's an ex- that's very interesting because that's yep. almost the inverse exactly of of what a lot of these stories usually end up being. Mm-hmm. I I really love that. Parents usually threaten their kid. You keep it goddamn down. Yeah. Or the monkey man's gonna get you. This was a kid mm-hmm. who made it up to say why he was late for dinner. It's the exact opposite but it's the way that we all collectively tell a story together absolutely because obviously that that kid had heard of the monkey man to begin with but then he adds a little bit of um like veracity to the story because he said that the monkey man had grabbed him and had monkey hands yes what urban legends really this is so okay i was working a lot on urban legends for a while Mm -hmm. so um what urban legends really are and what all folklore is and quite frankly to me almost what all storytelling is is like uh, a, a collective form of entertainment you tell somebody the story they probably remember the core of the idea and nothing else. Right. So the next time they tell it, they've added their own embellishments. Or somebody's running late for dinner and they use the story to their advantage, but now it becomes part of the 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 thing somehow. Right. It's like evolution. Probably somebody at some part point said like, yeah, the monkey man flew overhead. Mm-hmm. And then everyone agreed like, no, he didn't. Yeah. So it didn't stick. Right. But anytime somebody came up with a good embellishment like, that yeah. felt right, we, we kept with that. So it's like evolution evolutionary storytelling um uh primarily like verbally mm-hmm. although now it's all online right but like i just love i just love the fact that we all even accidentally collectively are telling a constantly evolving story that mm-hmm. won't die yeah and it's weirdly awesome. shows like this and um anytime somebody talks about it on the internet anytime you write it down you're at risk of killing it. 
Mm-hmm. Like I've said this before on this show, where it's like we. Well, we, how so? I'm saying, mm-hmm, but why is it at risk of killing it? I think once you define it, and once you say where it came from, oh, you risk oh. people stopping telling it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we're a dead end. Yeah, we're almost like debunking it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I see. And, and like I, I think I've said this a, a, a few times over the years of us doing this show, but like we're bit by bit potentially we're making the world a little smaller. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. we're we're shining lights into the dark corners, and then you go like, oh, that's not true. Oh, that's not true whatever so we're probably the antithesis of we're wrecking the unknown we're wrecking the unknown but it's out of love yes it's a love it's a death hug of love to cryptids and stuff yeah but i just i i love it yeah (laughs) it's very fun friggin rolls well here's another nail in this monkey man's coffin um for this article in the hudson reporter they also talked to hoboken cops and the cops said that they don't know what the hell people are talking about when it comes to this that's great (laughs) and that the only time they started hearing about the hoboken monkey man was after an article came out in weird new jersey about it like you know a billion years later out of the 80s um so they're like it it, it, we certainly weren't getting calls in 1982 worried about the monkey man we're getting calls in whatever it was let's say 1997 about the monkey man and we don't know what they're talking about but interesting there is a cop who had a thought that kind of makes sense there was a rash of murders of children going on in atlanta in 1982 Mm -hmm. so um they're often known as the atlanta child murders they were covered on season two of mind hunter and so there was kind of a, a ripple effect of fear going on in yeah. the country over that. And parents were very concerned about it. So cops were getting a lot of calls about that. So there's a theory that maybe parents were talking about it on the phone. There's a sort of like vibe of fear of somebody like snatching children and hurting them somehow. Yeah. And that in some way got distilled down into this story from kids' minds of this threatening monkey man. I mean, that's... That is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing it makes me think of, and I don't remember if we did this. This might have been on a Patreon show. Yeah, it had to have been. Uh, we were talking about, it was after we did our Leprechaun episode on the main feed. We watched clips of evil Leprechaun stuff. Right. And so we watched that viral clip of of <laughs> that town in Alabama being like, yes. You know, I think it, uh, the the mobile, that's what it was, the mobile Alabama yeah. leprechaun. I think somebody got hold to the wrong stuff and it made him climb a tree and act a leprechaun. Correct. That. So they were insisting they saw a leprechaun. Kristen and I did a little more research on Patreon and we found a radio show where they claimed they found the, the source. Mm-hmm. And it was a guy. Yeah. It was a guy who dressed up like or claimed to. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> I think we I think we landed <laughs> on not thinking this was true uh, yeah. and taking credit after the fact. But Yes. You know. But I think that there's a kernel of a possibility of some truth of like he said what he did was he dressed like a leprechaun and climbed a tree. Right. And then everybody else may have just taken and ran with it. Right. The degree to which he embellished after the fact to be like, yeah, I did it. And then I hid and then I came back and I hid. And that seems <laughs> yeah, like too much. Weird. Yeah. But it almost. He said he jumped down from the tree every time news cameras came around. Yeah. And then jumped back up. Which like. If I seemed, remember correctly. It seems like you'd want the news cam. If you're doing it for Definitely. attention, you'd want the news cameras. Definitely. But it doesn't seem impossible to me. Sure. That that was the kernel of the beginning. Could be. Yes. Like he was just being silly. And then people completely ran away with it Mm -hmm. and created their own stories and created their own memes and stuff. Like if somebody was in Hoboken in 1987, two, two, would we have a viral news report about the Hoboken monkey man back then? Maybe it was somebody, 
Maybe it was the parents being paranoid. Maybe. And then a kid saw somebody who was wearing a monkey costume. Right. Right? Right. Combine the two, and now we're off and running. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It, it only really takes, like, a nudge of reality for us to kick into social storytelling. Yeah. I think it's absolutely true. So that's it for the monkey man. But the last detail I want to leave everybody with, because I found this genuinely very freaky, especially if true, is that there are people who say they don't remember at the time kids being afraid of a monkey man, but they do remember them being afraid of the scarecrow, which was an older man who was hanging out outside of the school with straw coming out of the top of his collar and the bottom of each sleeve. Uh, (laughs) What? I mean... I mean, I don't know. Uh, is, is that the same deal, or is this a confirmed man? <laughs> do, I... we have a, do we have a confirmed man? Or <laughs> is it legend? Uh, I, I mean, I think it was one of the people that they interviewed. To tell you the truth, <laughs> that stuck in my head, understandably. I, I didn't actually write down in my notes who said that. But you know how I like mean, a, a, it was one of the people quoted who said, I remember this. It wasn't them just being like, there was a scary scarecrow man. Yeah, yeah. You know how Unsolved Mysteries could sometimes solve something? Yeah. Like solved. Yeah. Now, if you watch Unsolved Mysteries on Amazon Prime, I believe, the updates are all in there. There are more than there used to be. Because oh, somebody like re-edited them yep. to that? Oh, that's interesting. Yep, it's awesome. Um, for us, it should be Confirmed Man, <laughs> which is the least... <laughs> The least Confirmed. catchy. Man. The least catchy, the least hooky sort of update possible. Confirmed man. The leprechaun. Confirmed and the, man. And the, the answer man. is, yeah, we know. Exactly. Of course. Of course. It was toxic masculinity yeah. again, dressing like monkeys yeah, don't say. and leprechauns and putting hay in their clothes. Confirmed man did something weird and vaguely threatening. But it's not the typical brand of toxic masculinity to no. put on a monkey mask and scare people. No, it's a different twist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a new twist on toxic masculinity. You know what? Good for them. Filling your, the mold. your clothes with damp hay. That's right. Confirmed. Who I imagine to be Ooh. quite dry. In the chat right now, we record live on youtube.com slash pod. <laughs> Our friend Bethany from an Acquired Taste podcast wrote, please create a t-shirt that says confirmed man. <laughs> I, and Brianna co-signed. I love that. Okay, great. I love that. Sounds good to me. I might make that after the show. William, that please do. That is very, very funny to me. Look, yeah. Look for Looking confirmed like an update. man. Yeah. Coming to uh, tpublic.com slash user slash GTTU pod. <laughs> Thank you, Bethany. I want to make that happen. <sighs> oh, the only God. limit is my uh, my own level of energy right. <laughs> and ability to design, but I want that. Your design is pretty damn good. Energy is the more more the variable, I That's would say. That's true. Which is fine. Um, outstanding, Kristen. The hay man. I really do. That is very scary. I, so then I Googled that, all iterations I could find, and I didn't find anything about it except for that article. Okay. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's scarecrow. a it's a great messed up the scarecrow. Yeah, with hay sticking out of his sleeves. And I know I do have the I, I have the link right here. Hold on a second, if you don't mind. That one makes just, me think of the Candyman. Yeah, let me see if I can find this. That that is so strange. Yeah, I links for everything agree. in the show notes, everybody. Um, sorry, I'm just kind of scanning to see if I can find where they said it in case I'm missing any details. Um. Um, yeah, uh, this is for uh, Kit Kat in the the in the chat right now. Isn't that how, this how we got a different shirt? Uh, there is, of course, the running for the ruffles shirt. 
already oh, available on tpublic.com slash user slash gttu pod of Kristen's face and she's holding a bag of ruffles and she's kind of peeking out of that thing that porky pig peeks out of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I found the quote and this quote is from Sergeant Costello okay. of the Hoboken PD. He said, quote, there was an old guy who would walk around that the kids called the scarecrow because he always had straw sticking out of his shirt. Oh, I might have embellished down the sleeves. I apologize. Oh, okay. Uh, he said, he used to hang out by Saints Peter and Paul Church. The kids that walked to school were scared of him. So that lends a lot of credibility to this. That was a... It was a cop. Yeah. Sergeant. But you adding, I, I just want to say, I you know, adding the hay down right. the sleeves is social storytelling. Totally. You it's embellished that. Way to put it. But yeah, it is. No, it is. it's the same thing, Kristen. Yes. You embellished it. You didn't even know you embellished it. That's what no. we're all doing all the time. Oh, God, yeah. I, I, I love that. You can probably only believe about mm, 60% of what I say. <laughs> How'd you come up with that figure? <laughs> I pulled it out of my ass. <laughs> okay. Social storytelling at its finest. Exactly. The yeah. little razzle-dazzle. Right. <laughs> um, all right. Let's talk about the Cape May Sea Serpent. Sweet. Now, um, this is strange. <laughs> I mean, they're all strange. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, <laughs> this... <laughs> <laughs> forgot about this until just now once again from monsters of new jersey this is how they set up the chapter about the cape may sea serpent one of the most famous marine monsters in the area was called the cape may sea serpent or more casually his lordship <laughs> i wrote explain this spoiler <laughs> alert they never do his lordship his lordship That's really funny. they never clarify why people called him that or why they called him that in their book they published. Is it called Crumbs His Lordship? His Lord, I love that. Yeah. Yes, like he, is, he is a bit of a king. Yes. Um, evidently, New Jersey has a bit of a, a history of sea serpentry. <laughs> a lot of sea serpents. I know. I have some sort of sea thing as well. Yeah. It's it's almost all disgusting. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It's the Lake, lake Hot Hoppet Kong monster I'll talk oh, about later. Yeah, okay, great. disgusting. Uh, this is another uh, quote, because, you know, the specificity of this storytelling. On April 20th, 1855, the New York Times reported that a dispatch from April 19th um, said, a sea serpent 100 feet long was seen there. An article noted that a $1,000 reward was being offered to apprehend the creature, and an expedition was already pursuing it. Like, immediately, the second that you see something, you know, Mm -hmm. the second you see something, people are like, I want it. I must have it. Yeah, what the hell? I'll pay money to have it brought to me. And then somebody's like, oh, we're already out looking for it. You know, like, what is going on? I, I, you know, I don't know what you call this. I don't know if it's exactly a meme or whatever, but you know how there's been thing going on that's like... I don't know. The the feminist urge to over-explain Gossip Girl. Something like that. It'll be be like a tweet format that people are doing. There's some sort of weird explorer urge to go find a sea serpent the second you hear that there's something weird in the water. A presumption? Yeah. (laughs) An insistence of ownership? I must have it. Yes. What are you going to do with it? You're going to pay $1,000? I I looked it up. April, uh, or 1855, 1,000 bucks is worth over $33,000 today. So just some dope some idiot with a lot of money is like some people have too much money have them bring me the sea serpent what then what then to what end when you have the sea serpent and they're not even saying that it like it came up, up on land and like ate a bunch of people it ate the kintner boy like jaws right they're just saying that they saw it 
I guess they would mount it. I'd right? like to see it again. Because what else are they going to do with it? It must be something like that. I'd like to see it again and for all time. I feel like it's even. Look, I want to explain. I, I think people would know this. That I think it's disgusting and shameful for like you know big game hunters or really any. Hunters, oh, it's 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 when horrible. They, like, when they like pose with something they just killed. Yeah, it's even more shameful to like pose with something that you paid somebody else to kill. <sighs> what else is like? What else would be happening in this situation? You it's the least it's it? the least interesting thing that you can do is pay somebody to kill something for you. Yeah. Um and and yet those big game hunter any any hunting. You know listen, I understand that hunting has like a purpose, right? Yes. But like I've seen multiple people where like they pose their children next to something that they just hunted oh, and I I'm know. like, "I hate it when I accidentally come across something like that." What a nightmare. And I of know. course those Trump boys Ooh. with their wonderful excursions. Iconic. Yes. Yeah, iconic. <laughs> Icons of <laughs> and shit. And the worst, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so here's another another sighting here. This one's from 1883. The schooner Annie L Hall sighted what looked like a capsized ship. On the Grand Banks in the North Atlantic Ocean. It turned out, however, to be a turtle. This, okay, this this completely... Good Lord. This flummoxed me entirely. Listen to this. So the book is saying they thought it was a monster, but don't worry. It just turned out to be a turtle 40 feet long, 30 feet wide. Was it? The flippers were 20 feet long. And they move on to talk about another sighting. What year was this that this happened? Is it like an 1800s thing? This sighting was in 1883, but this book was written. Their rulers were jacked up. They didn't know what was going on. But this book had to have been written in the last few years. And I Googled it. I wrote, (laughs) I even wrote this in my notes. There's just no way there was a turtle that big. Yeah. I Googled biggest turtle ever. (laughs) I got this. (laughs) Researchers have uncovered shells belonging to the Stupendimus Geographicus. The largest turtle that ever existed. Its shell reached nearly 10 feet. Yeah. So they said that it turned... In this sighting in the 1800s, they said, oh, it turned out to be a turtle with uh, that was 40 feet long. No big deal. Even the book paints it as if it's like, oh, it's just a turtle that was 40 feet long. That's a huge goddamn That's turtle. That's an enormous turtle. So my point is this. The 1883 story is not right. Is and the like book a, is not that's right. That's like bigger than like a big backyard. Yeah. That's like <laughs> having a turtle for a backyard. Yeah. yeah. There's no way. I don't know why that, There's simply no that's way. That's as if you opened the window outside your kitchen and uh-huh. there was a, a turtle there instead of a yard. Right. And instead of having to and mow the have, lawn, you, you have, have to like feed a the turtle. house and that's your yard. You open that's how the, big. You open the window and there's a big turtle. It opens its mouth and you just start oh. throwing like carrots in. You know? Yeah, you'd probably give it instead of like a little piece of lettuce or whatever, you give it a whole cabbage. Yeah, probably, and that's a snack. Probably more. Yeah, than that. Well, that's its snack though. A whole cabbage to them is like one brussel to us. You tell yeah, me you, right. can, one, you can pop you pop one brussel you and you're stop. absolutely <laughs> you're satisfied. not. Absolutely not. William, what do I get at the movies when I go? Brussel poppers. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, what? I are can't I? stop. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. At you AMC. Do. At AMC, they've that's got Brussels f- sprouts in a little tin. <laughs> like it's fancy. <laughs> yep. That's my movie meal of choice. It's so funny. Stinky Brussels sprouts. Why didn't they put that in like a bucket like popcorn? You know what I mean? Like they bring it well, at AMC they bring it to you in a little silver tray, like right. in a cat food commercial, the way they feed a cat. Oh it's like that. <laughs> it's like I don't know. Well, because it also has bacon and like parmesan on it. Now listen, so I it's love not necessarily going to the in like popum form. I do use a fork. Okay, fair enough. You know? Yeah, I understand. What were you about to say? 
Do uh, you love going to the movies? I do love going to the movies. There? I, and I love the way that they've sort of like dressed up going to the movies where it's yeah. like you can order a sandwich. Right. Somebody will bring it to I you or it. something like that. Um, uh, but there is like a level of, there's only so high you can go with the dressing up the movie theater. Yes. You know what I mean? The, the tin, the fancy little tin. I, I really think it's just a, an optics move of like, uh, totally. look at the opulence of coming to the movies. You've got a little tin. <laughs> I know. Yep. And like some of the things you can order there, I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't really know that I should be eating Brussels sprouts at the movies. I, agree. I do it because they're yes. available and I can't resist because I really love like fried Brussels sprouts like that. And but because it's very it's, weird. And because it's weird to ask your server at the movie theater for a crunch bar. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'll have a the vanilla crunch. Coke and a bunch of crunch. <laughs> you don't want to have to ask for a bunch of crunch out loud. You want to <laughs> shamefully would. pick it up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Can I have a... I don't know. Me asking for Brussels... I, oh, I'm always embarrassed when I order it, but I do yeah. it anyway. Why? Because it's weird. I know they offer it, so it's not that embarrassing. You think like some kid in the... I think it's strange. The people behind like, us I'll is going to go, ew. Maybe. That like, you know, you'll be like, oh, I'll have a burger. Ryan will be like, I'll chicken fingers. Allie will be like, I'll have a wrap. And I'm like, I'll Brussels sprouts. Can I have Brussels poppers, please? I'm going to smell. <laughs> I'll stink later. Yeah. I'll have something stinky wafting through the aisles know, and bring it over to You me. know what? They shouldn't have the option then. Right. I'll take it. Um, this I just called the stupidest story of all time. Mm. A story reported in July 5th, 1934's edition of the New Jersey Courier noted that Frank Freeman, the general manager of the Phipps estate. Oh. <laughs> that must have meant something back then. <laughs> Remember there were Mr. Phipps pretzel chips? No. Could it be that? <laughs> <laughs> Could it be the very Phipp? The very fip indeed. Mommy used to get them all the time when we were kids. Uh, he was sitting in his island beach home on a foggy Sunday afternoon when a, quote, monstrous shape emerged from the water just outside his living room window. Freeman called, or rather yelled, to his wife, who entered the room and promptly screamed when she saw, quote, the monster writhing just a few yards away. Um, I love that. As he went outside, he had ghastly visions Ghastly visions of the serpent devouring part of the Navy while they were swimming. What? So I instantly I was like, he had vi are these like intrusive visions? Like it's giving him like a psychic warfare kind of thing? Or is it just him being paranoid? Anyway, at one point he said that he saw its leering, malicious, shining eyes. I feel like he's putting a lot onto yes. whatever this is. He's doing a lot of projecting. He really is. Uh, he said he saw smoke emanating from its uh, its nostrils. Then he turned and saw one Lieutenant Commander uh, Reichelder, quote, fondling the monster, pulling playfully on its tongue. Is this in his vision? Still? No, this he saw. Um, and then uh, uh, here's the conclusion. It was a joke. Uh, it was a joke. It was a prank that was being played on Freeman. The this serpent. doesn't seem like he has the constitution for this sort of prank. No. If he's he going seems... outside and he's immediately like overcome with visions of this thing killing a <laughs> oh, navy. Oh. You picked the wrong dude. Correct. That's not um, nice. The serpent was actually, quote, odd pieces of rubberized cloth discarded from blimps and balloons. What the hell? It had been pieced together by members of the dirigible crew. <laughs> Thus ended the tale of the sea serpent of Barnegat Bay. <laughs> the hell? Why? Right? I, I don't yes. know. Yes. I don't know. Um, but here's, okay. That, that's the sea serpent stuff. Yeah. The, the point is, people say there's stuff, but there's not really. Right. We've also discussed, I think, on some episode previously, the idea of a globster. The, and this is real. Yeah, it brings a This bell. is one, like, bits of, like, decaying flesh. Like, right. rotting flesh. Almost, like, 
come together like a gross raft and wash up. So it is like flesh material, but mm-hmm. it was never a single thing that was alive. It's like a bunch of dead stuff. Also, whale carcasses yeah. can wash up on the beach. And when they the whale carcasses themselves were partially decomposed, bits and pieces of bone would be sticking out at weird angles, mm-hmm. and people in the 1800s would go, it's a beast, look at its tusks! Yeah, yeah. It's like, not a tusk, that's a jawbone that's sort of poking out in a weird way. Right. Uh, but there is... There are fossil records that prove that the Mosasaurus was local to New Jersey. The Mosasaurus oh. is literally one of the dinosaurs in Jurassic World. Oh, okay. Not Jurassic Park. Right. The 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 fourth one, Jurassic yeah. World. It's like a joke that this thing pops up out of the water and eats somebody at oh, one point. Oh, okay. But it's a gigantic uh, predator. Is Jurassic World the one with... Chris Pratt? Yes. And, okay, okay. The no, first the one with Chris then. Pratt. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Mosasaurus was a 60-foot nightmare, the book says. <laughs> Literally like it, a living pillar towering above the waves or brush of the shore swamps. As a predator, it was at the very top of the prehistoric food chain. Um, and then they, they go like, could, <laughs> could individuals of this species have survived into the present day? If so... Uh, this survival could account for the many sea serpent sightings near the Jersey Shore. Huh. Um, so, okay. All right. Um, uh, but uh, what I was just talking about before about like globsters and, and corpses washing ashore, I did find from globsterblobsandmore.com. Okay. Don't Look go to that website. If you want to see gross pictures of dead stuff, go to <laughs> globsterblobsandmore.com. I certainly saw some. Ugh. Um, they talk about um, a sea serpent washing up in New Jersey. They talk about a 15-ton decomposing carcass. It did turn out to be a whale, but what was notable was that in this article, they just start talking about how Frederick Albert Mitchell Hedges um, wrote about this carcass that washed up, and he insisted that it was a monster. He said, uh, this mammal whose weight was estimated at over 15 tons, which, to give it a a comparison of size, is almost as large as five fully grown elephants, was visited by many scientists who were unable to place it and positively stated that nothing yet known to science could in any way compare with it. Um, In fact, it could be described as a sea elephant, but of huge proportions. Wait, and this was a globster? This turned out to be a dead whale. The okay, source okay, I okay. have is Globster Blobs. Okay, Com. I'm sorry. Yeah. But when I mentioned Mitchell Hedges, do you know mm-hmm. who that is? No. He was an adventurer. Oh. We probably talked about him before when we did Crystal Skulls. Oh, okay. The original Crystal Skull is commonly referred to as the Mitchell Hedges Skull. Oh, that does kind of ring a bell. So that... Oh, yeah. And then that had ties into like Atlantis and stuff. Yeah, yeah all yeah, kinds yeah. of stuff. And so the, Lemuria. The guy who sort of popularized crystal skulls was also way in on the Jersey sea serpent world. Kind of sounds right. Isn't that just it, into all weirdness? It definitely sounds right, yeah. but it's just so weird. Like yes. that he's like almost like, like just like nearby. I'll take it. A, yeah. a famous person from like ludicrous, right. You know, fear mongering. Yeah. <laughs> supernatural <laughs> belief stuff. He's jumping in on it all over the place. Absolutely. So I'm going to tell you about the Hoppet Kong monster yeah. in just a minute. I'm going to make it quick because it's not really that interesting. Um, but real quick, let's talk about our sponsor, NordVPN. Yeah, that's right. Hey, you. 
you listening or, or watching out there, do you know that there is probably some marketing agency, maybe some government mm-hmm. agency, probably multiple, that are watching everything you are doing on the internet. And that's where NordVPN comes in. NordVPN is available on every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OX, uh, Linux, or Linux? Linux. Linux, okay. It's also Mac OS. What did I say? Mac OX. I did, oops. (laughs) Mac OX. This became like a word salad of... Syllables. Well, you know why? Because NordVPN is everywhere. It can protect Maybe. you on stuff that hasn't even been made yet. Maybe it is on Mac OX. Um, anyway, on all of those platforms, they're on hand to offer you some protection, shield you from those watchful eyes. And this goes to everybody. Mm-hmm. Whether you're just on the internet, living your life, checking out websites and stuff, or I want to speak to you gamers out there, streamers especially, you can change your location online and connect to exactly the media that you want. I think some of our listeners might be familiar occasionally with running into a barrier where it's like, oh, this material is not available in your country. NordVPN can fix that for you because you can suddenly connect to the internet um, from anywhere in the world, from any one of their centers. And right now, NordVPN is offering a discount to new users who visit nordvpn.com slash gttu pod. Promo code GTTU. If you change your mind, you're going to be protected by their 30-day money-back guarantee. Yeah, they're protecting you left and right. So get that discount, a free month, and free threat protection today. That's nordvpn.com slash gttupod, promo code gttu, and check the show notes for a link so you can ghost yourself. Ghost yourself. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about this this other river monster. If you must, also go to patreon.com slash gttu, bud. Yeah, we'll tell you about that at the end. Don't worry about that. All right, fine. We'll get there. (laughs) Um, Okay, so the link Hoppicon monster, my favorite thing about it is that its nickname is Hoppy. Oh, that is very cute. Right. It's very delightful. Um, It's basic. I mean, what I read said that it's basically New Jersey's Nessie, although yours kind of sounds like New Jersey's Nessie. No, because there's nothing. Yeah, I guess, but the, the, My legend, thing was the a, legend of it, there's so much more legend to that. I feel like it's much more story-y than what I have. Maybe, but it, it still amounts to just be a pile of flesh, a <laughs> pile of goo or a Aren't dead whale. All? Aren't we all? New Jersey's Nessie is a rotting dead whale. Yeah, well, this one's not so much better, because as you may know, if you're a longtime listener, I find Nessie to be a snooze. Nessie, the story often becomes stuff about like checking out algae. And stuff. It's it's really not that much I, fun. Didn't we? We did a whole episode on it. We we fixed that, didn't we? No, I don't think we fixed it. We were still bored in that. I think I was. <laughs> All right, go check it out and see how bored Kristen was. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what episode we covered Nessie, but go check it out. I'm not sure. Um, but the way this kind of came about <laughs> is that back in the 1800s, a fisherman said he saw a 40-foot serpent with the head of a dog. What? What the hell? Could he have, been, could he have seen, like, a seal? <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. And he like, needs glasses. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It could be, except that in the in a 1984 New York World newspaper in the New Jersey section, somebody said that the serpent had the head of a St. Bernard dog. That's very specific. And the body of a snake, which is so weird because St. Bernard's are those, like, very fluffy dogs that carry, like, the little barrel of hooch. So that's a weird... It's not seal-like and smooth. No. You know what I mean? It's a big fluffy head. On a snake? Yeah, that's very, very weird. Why real quick, why is New Jersey just a section of a New York newspaper? 
When was this? <laughs> It was 1894. When did we finally get our own newspapers? <laughs> Are we really that much of an offshoot of New York culture that we just get, like, a page? We're the bridge and tunnel crowd. I guess, yeah. You know, I don't know. Um, so We should pick up a newspaper and just see what's in that. You ever look at a newspaper? Oh, that's such a funny thing to say. You talk about Guide to the Unknown. I have no idea. Let's pick up a newspaper and see what's in there. I have no idea what they might be printing. Right? What the hell's in there? Oh, stocks? I don't know either. Oh, God. Bonds? It's all stocks. You're right. I bet there's yeah. a stock ticker on every page. Probably. Yeah. I don't really know. Um, so. <laughs> they, on, on page one, they should have the stocks. And on the last page, they should reprint the stocks because they changed from when they made page one. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, to keep you as updated as they can, yes. given the medium. Yes. At least they're trying. The newspaper should have updates partway through <laughs> yeah. where they're like, actually, we have an update about that article from page two here on page nine right because we got it mid print <laughs> we're writing it and that is our commitment to you yes the this, reader this newspaper is written stream of consciousness <laughs> yeah. yeah like this uh the spiritual gazette my newspaper yes yeah yes exactly um so yeah there there were sightings that kind of ran the gamut from you know, serpent with the head of a dog, snake to a head, with the head of a St. Bernard. Um, but apparently that newspaper said that the creature could be found near the inlet to the River Styx. So that means that the inlet to the River Styx is in Hopitkong, New yeah. Jersey. Yes. Well, we've cool. already got gates to hell. Right. We may as well. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there haven't been a lot of sightings since then in the late 19, excuse me, the late 1800s. But a lot of people say that they felt it slither by what? while in the lake. They haven't seen it, but they felt something that, that seems massive slither by them in the lake. And they think it must be hoppy. Ew, 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 ew. That is so gross. And um, there have been sightings of massive snakes in that lake. Hmm. So I think that perhaps logic would dictate that they're probably the same thing. And I wrote again, effing ew. Yeah, it's disgusting to have anything brush up against you in the water. Mm. Even when you touch like seaweed with your toes. Yes. Makes you want to scream. That's a horrible experience. Are those slippery rocks? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? They have, yeah, because they have like algae on so them. slippery down there. Yeah, at uh, Topstone Lake. <laughs> yes. Where we grew up, you'd feel those disgusting slippery rocks. Yes, or I'd open my eyes in the water and, and see what looked like skulls. See nothing but brown because it was like filthy. <laughs> well, was it? Yeah. Were we I swimming like in like filthy water? I, it was a pretty brown lake, I think. Well, yeah, but, that's what we had. Well, but you don't just swim in whatever you have. Otherwise, we'd all be swimming in, like, puddles <laughs> outside. No, I mean, it's just dirt the street. And, it was just, like, you know, dirt and sand kicked up from the bottom. A bunch of little kids flopping okay. around in the lake. It's not that the water was dirty. It's that no, kids are no, kicking no. up dirt. Yeah. And it, okay. But it's, you know, I feel like if you open your eyes in Topstone Lake, it's just brown <laughs> as far as the eye can see. I, I used to open my eyes swimming out there because I was too scared. Yeah. It was the cool kids would all be out on the floating docks yep. and I wanted to be like a cool older kid, mm -hmm. but I was too frightened. Um, uh, I, I, I guess I would just sort of like put my head down and yeah. like, like plow forward, just swim as fast as I could. But I would always imagine hands coming out to grab me. Yeah. By the way, it was like eight right. or nine, yeah. just always full of anxiety. Yes. <laughs> forever. Of course. Um, but so I would force my eyes to open and like sting yeah. in the water but I could just see the light hitting rocks mm -hmm. just below me. And I would imagine that the light and the shadows there might be skulls looking yeah. up at me, just like dead bodies down there. It's very cool. Never it's imagined scary. that I was uh, swimming around in like dirty, filthy water and that I maybe had more, more, uh, <laughs> 
plausible concerns. I don't think it was especially. I mean, it make it sound like we were swimming around Three Mile Island. <laughs> no, I, no, I, it just I, there was a lot of activity. I just remember the water always being like brownish. Wow, from like just from dirt getting kicked up and stuff. Yeah, we're gonna have to go back. We're gonna have to go back to to Redding, Connecticut, and do a, a story. I would love to. Yeah, I'd be all about that. All right, so let's jump to what I think is gonna be our last story. Will well, you don't know. I might have like a fifty minute thing to share with you. Oh, great, perfect. Fifty minute. Yeah, but it might be right. really, really long, even though it has shortened my notes. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah. You know. So we'll see. Um, this is the, the tale of Big Red Eye. Great. Oh, this is like a famous thing. Yeah, it is. Somewhat famous. So, this is probably the biggest, most famous one of these little guys. I th- Yeah, I think Feels so. Like this is basically New Jersey's Bigfoot. Um, when Will found it originally and said, like, oh, why don't you cover this? It What he saw specifically cited Somerset. Um, which is the town that we covered in a previous episode, but it's not Somerset-centric. Um, if you are interested in specifically Somerset, New Jersey-centric stuff, you can listen to episode 149. And you should. That episode is incredible. Yeah. I am... Uh, we totally lucked out. We really did. Um, we had just sort of like at a... At Blind, we sort of just picked... Kristen had just moved to Somerset County. We found right. out there was a book about folklore there. And some of the most interesting stories I know about this small region just teeny tiny local folklore and I ended up using some of that for the Blair Witch yeah storyline that I worked on for the Blair Witch game mm-hmm. um uh which quite frankly I would really recommend people check out it's Hunter Killer's Blair Witch series but like we had talked about um a ghost of a woman named Knitting Betty yeah and you'll see her pop up in that story because I she uh, we learned about her here and it just became part of my writing a little yeah. bit and you'll even hear Kristen and myself I think we talk about an urban legend we honestly we might have a knitting Betty episode that you and I do what do you in mean that, Kristen and I are characters oh, oh, oh I see what you're saying yeah yeah I haven't said this in a while Kristen and I are mm-hmm. characters in the Blair Witch universe technically yeah, um, yeah uh, we do a fictionalized version of Guides to the Unknown a yes. podcast called Super Neutral yes so uh, definitely go check that out mm-hmm. uh, super fun but like some stuff that we learned of local New Jersey folklore made it into Blair Witch. Right. Which is very cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, so he did make a pit stop in Somerset, which I'll tell you about, but it's he's not completely Somerset-centric. Um, people say that he, and they also sometimes called him the big hairy man, uh, that he's about eight <laughs> Might have been feet me. <laughs> no. Was it a quick about- check? <laughs> that he's about eight feet tall and covered with hair the color of a deer's weirdly even though he's eight feet tall multiple people mistook big red or whatever for a giant deer because i guess it's like you know a a sort of auburn hued hair or just like the thing you'd expect to see in the woods i guess so but the shape is nothing like a deer it's it's like a human it's bigfoot is basically what big red is um but yeah (laughs) thinking that it looks like a deer is a very common thing and big red is brown yeah okay i mean i i would never think to call the color of a deer red maybe just felt weird to call him big brown yeah, maybe. Right. Maybe there's like, let's just not do yeah. that. I think maybe there are some sightings that it was more of a, a, a red. Yeah. But I repeatedly saw a color of a deer. Yeah, interesting. Which is also a weird way to describe something. But anyway, um, they said, now this this is interesting. They said that uh, he walks upright with a human gait. And this is according to a bone specialist and physical therapist. Oh. Not named. 
uh, but who encountered the big hairy man while taking a shortcut through the great swamp in Somerset. Yeah. Uh, so take that for, you know, what you will. And a bunch of people have said that they've seen it walking in front of their car and hopping a fence. This seems to be hopping a fence. Big Red's MO is that in the, you know, the middle of the night, usually it's going to cross the road in front of you and it's just trying to get somewhere else and it'll keep going. So hopping the fence is a bit of a shortcut. Usually that bone specialist was taking a shortcut through the great swamp. Maybe Big Red loves a shortcut. Maybe. That's what I'm learning from this. He likes to get from A to B in the shortest route possible. Mm -hmm. He's not going to go around the fence. He's going to hop over it. I can't say I blame him. But this is the coolest part of Big Red to me. So, I hope it's incredibly mundane, but still, it's the coolest. (laughs) No, no, I I actually think this is really cool and freaky. So, like I said, people have spotted him here and there. It's usually very fleeting. But there was a period in 19... (laughs) He stayed for dinner once. (laughs) It wasn't fleeting at all. It's fleeting, except... No, this is an instance of people not seeing Big Red, but potentially hearing him over a two-week period in 1977. Hey! Hey, everybody! It's me! <laughs> Big Red. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, no, you'll have to see if you can make an, do an impression okay. after I describe to you the sound. <laughs> um, over the course of two weeks, residents reported a recurring howling slash moaning slash crying sound that seemed to be too loud to be a normal animal. Multiple people remarked on how loud and guttural and horrible it sounded, and like it had to be coming from something that was absolutely massive, because it was just that loud and carried that far. That's interesting. So people who lived somewhat near each other were calling each other on the phone, being like, can you hear a crazy sound right now? And people like a mile away would be like, yeah, I hear this too. What the hell is that? Wow. Um, super weird. It would always start around 2 a.m. and stop around dawn and be constant all throughout. Well, then wait a minute. Yeah. Like on one breath? Well, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Big Red's breath works different than ours. Because from 2 to sunrise, yeah. that makes me immediately start thinking it's got to be some sort of, it's like a mechanical thing. Or maybe there's a power plant I mean, that's, that's a good nearby. Question. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, uh, yeah, maybe, so I have a question about that. Maybe they didn't, didn't, I mean, that could totally be, but maybe they mean like there was no five minute break. Maybe there's like a gulp of air and then it goes again, but maybe yeah. there's no like, oh, thank God we have a respite sort of feeling. Yeah, I, I, I love the idea of like multiple people in the same area sort of like confirming among each other, but nobody really understands. I love that too. That feels like, do you, are you on like, um, what is it called? Like I've got like my ring camera, but isn't there another thing that's called like next door next, next door. Yep. So like occasionally I'll get something that's just like, I just heard gunshots. Uh Did anyone hear gunshots in the area of blah, 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 blah. And then one person will comment and be like a car backfired or something like that. But like this like way of being able to triangulate or, or like check with people hyper local Mm -hmm. about something that's pretty cool especially for like what was it 70s you said yeah it was 1977 that is pretty wild i know um uh also you asked me to do an impression yes and so i want to tell you this this is a just to refresh your memory i believe it's a guttural howling slash moaning slash crying sound howling moaning and crying yeah ali and i have have had conversations in the last few weeks about how i'm incredibly loud Mm -hmm. pure decibels wise Sometimes she'll just be like, you're being very loud right now. Especially because I like... Not that I'm not, but mom also has this thing where she'll just be yelling, talking. Yeah. 
I've kind, kind of gotten used to it, but also she'll go, why am I yelling? Yeah. And then start talking normal. But I don't catch it. Right. Um, but I also love making sounds. Uh-huh. So like for a while, well, that's just weird. No, but, please. Well, I... <laughs> you have the floor. <laughs> I don't remember where this came from, but I had a, a running joke, really just for me. Yeah. It's, kind. it's one of those things where like I'm aware that like nobody really is enjoying it, which makes me do it more. Yeah. But so if there's like a, if we're just sitting outside and it's nice and quiet, but you can like hear like birds chirping, it's like a nice summer day. I'll be like, that's the, uh, the corn breasted will crook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Allie will kind of look at me until she, originally, originally she had this look of like, how do you know that? But now of now course she she's immediately like, oh, he's doing this the thing yeah. where I just make up a complicated name of a bird and I'll go, you can tell because of the, the very distinct, and I'll just, I'll make, that's not even what the bird sounded like, but I'll be like, yeah. they're known for the, the, the corn brillowed, um, <laughs> Tucker horse. Yeah. Um, and, and birds really do have names like that. Yes, they do. That's <laughs> so what makes it funny. They all sound like crap. Uh, but so I was just like, and just like a sharp, crazy sound. Yeah. So I'll, I'll do things like that. Occasionally. Things like this. <laughs> things like this. You understand? Yeah. And uh, uh, at some point, Allie was like, that is so loud. And then I said to her <laughs> something that I'm so curious about. I was like, that's not even the loudest I can get. I, I think, I, yeah. I haven't tried it yet. I think that I can get far louder than the average person. Okay. Far louder. I'm going to invite you to try. I want to try. Here's what I'd like you to do. I'm afraid that I'll still be holding Let's back. Let's move the mic a little bit. I don't think I should try it here. I think that we should have a way to measure the decibels. Okay. And really do a test. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah. I, 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 want, I don't want it to just go into the red. Right. I want to know how loud I can get. Yeah. I want to see how high I can fly. Hmm. Maybe it's like I- seeing how high we can kick. Will has a, a pole <laughs> down here. Will is a notoriously high kicker. <laughs> it's really funny, actually. Yeah, Will can really, really peek behind the curtain here. <laughs> Will can, click, can kick very high. It's been a thing since... I can kick like above my head. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. So <laughs> we, have, we have these poles in the basement. So one day we're having a bit of fun <sighs> and we decide to mark... There are our kick height on this pole. And, and so, so it's marked with our initials. I think yeah. we've got you, me, Allie. I yep. think Ryan's on there. Maybe. I think we made Ryan kick. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Um, so we need some sort of similar a decibel check. Yeah. 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 Um, so maybe more to to come. Mm-hmm. But maybe we can create like a local rumor. Yeah. That there's a monster by me doing this. Yeah. Oh, I'm into it. <laughs> make the make the chat thing say like, did anybody hear that in town? <laughs> yeah. You know. But for now, Will, are you interested in trying to replicate that sound? A a guttural crying, moaning. What was the third thing? Hold on, just a second. Guttural crying, moaning, moaning, howling, crying. Howling, crying, moaning. But make it guttural. Howling, crying, moaning. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my god i can see why they were calling their friends i almost i i literally teared up a little bit making that sound it <laughs> yeah, also yes at the tail end of that sounded a little bit like herman munster laughing <laughs> <laughs> i don't like that I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't know why. Um, I definitely blew out (laughs) some of the system here. (laughs) 
<laughs> I think you accomplished it. I might have to duck that a little bit in editing. Or you will. I, I don't know. Check it check it out. Okay. <laughs> I'll try to remember. Um, uh, yeah. So there's your show. I mean, I think that's the sound that takes us on out. All right. Then you're never going to know about the woo-woo. <laughs> Save the woo-woo for another time. Are you sure? What in the hell are we going to talk about this? <laughs> I don't know, but we're done. All right, you're never gonna know. We, ha- we have to record our Patreon episode next. You are right about that. We got to keep it moving. We do. And speaking of that, if you go to Patreon.com/slash/gttupod, you can. Who knows? Maybe you'll hear. We'll talk about the woo woo. Maybe. You know Let's, why don't you tell us a little bit the woo-woo at the top of the next show? All right. You know what? Yeah, we'll do that. We'll okay. do that. You'll get the, the tail end of this episode in this coming Monday's yes. uh, Netherworld Dispatch. Exactly. So our Patreon helps support the show. It helps keep it going. And we have a number of tiers that you can choose from at your comfort level um, where you can get different numbers of bonus shows. So go to patreon.com slash pod to check out all those tiers. I will tell you, at the highest $13 tier, you get a bonus episode every single week. That kind of rules. And all the tiers over there get access to our Discord channel where every single day people are chatting away with each other, sharing funny memes, talking about different suggestions for books and movies and podcasts. It's just a really, really cool, nice group of people. So we hope you check it out. And thank you so much to everybody who already supports us over on Patreon. Yeah. And just, you know, this most recent episode on Monday Kristen and I talked about our experience at the Jersey Devil Fable Festival, Mm -hmm. and we also gave our extended thoughts on the new Doctor Strange movie, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. You can get our full uh, spoiler-laden discussion, and it's there right this second waiting for you. All of this stuff and more at patreon.com slash gttupod. All right. So... The Woo Woo is coming to, to Patreon on Monday, along with the other thing that we've prepped. We're going to be doing some ranking of horror stuff. Yes, uh, this love doing Monday. that. It's a, an old favorite. Um, right now in the live chat, at least a couple of people um, have said that I woke <laughs> up their dogs <laughs> or alerted their dogs. That sounds right. We'll do a dog check on that sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As this episode comes out Friday, I want to hear about dogs interacting with that noise. <laughs> That's right. See what it does to people. <laughs> um, I, I hope that I, I hope that I've given a decent simulation mm-hmm. of Big I Red. So. I will say, not as loud as I feel I can get. Not oh, by I a, not by a long shot. No, I didn't. Yeah, no, I had no illusions that that was as loud. Thank you, yes. thank you. Um, all right, everybody, uh, check out at GTTU Pod on all social media to keep up to date with stuff that we're putting out there. GTTUPod.com is the home of Guide to the Unknown. You can also follow us online. Yep, I'm at Chillin' Kristen. I am at The Myth Traveler. So thank you all so much for hanging out with us. We'll be back next week for more weird, spooky stuff. But until that time comes, we must travel. Back to the netherworld, go we. I want to hear. I want to hear you make that sound. Um, Guttural. Was it crying, mm-hmm. moaning, howling? Okay, let's see. <laughs> Start laughing. Couldn't do it. <clears throat> All right, I want to try one more time. <clears throat> All right. Okay. <clears throat> Ha, 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 ha.